Hi, and welcome to our weekly broadcast. My name is Brian Likens. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, and we're going to look at the parables, uh, two of the parables of the three in Luke 15, where Jesus is responding to the ridicule of the Pharisees and the scribes that had come out against him for hanging around people that they didn't think that he should hang around. And uh, I believe that we can see, not only can see maybe, uh, maybe we'll look at uh, who we might have been in this situation, might have been us at one point, and maybe how we respond to other people. But we're going to ask the Lord to help us to to see the truth of his word, to help us to uh, grow and to be stronger and to get insight and wisdom of his word. And I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, today. We worship you for giving us the wisdom and insight of your word. Lord, reveal to us through your scriptures, through the precious word of God, through your word that gives us the ability to see things clearly and the truth. Lord, the truth is in your word. Your word is truth. And Father, we thank you that you've given us this word to help us to to grow, to help us to, to see ourselves, to look in it as a mirror, to see how we are to respond to other people. And Lord, that it helps us to uh, strengthen us and give us this faith in this life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Father, we thank you for stirring us up today, giving us faith, giving us that wisdom. Stir us up by your word. Increase us as we study your word in the name that's above every name, the precious name of Jesus. In Luke chapter 15, let me go, I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation starting out. In uh, uh, Luke 15, 1, it says, The tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to Jesus to listen to Jesus teach. Verse 2, this made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Now in the message translation, it says, by this time, a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. The Pharisees and religion scholars were not pleased at all pleased. They were not at all pleased. They growled. He takes sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. Now, these were the religious rulers of the day. They were the uh, what you would look at as the ones that were supposed to be bringing people the word of God, teaching them who God was, the pastors, if you would, at the time. And they're upset because Jesus is hanging around people of ill reputation. Now, when you, when you, uh, like in the message translation of doubtful reputation in the, in the amplified, it says notorious and especially wicked sinners were all coming near Jesus to listen to him. Now, maybe you at one point in your life could have been called one of those that had a doubtful reputation. You might have been one of those people that other people thought Christian people shouldn't hang around. But how do we come into a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ if we don't have someone that gets near us in our mess, that gets near us when we need him the most? And this is what Jesus was doing. Jesus was hanging around the people that needed him. He was going to the ones that were hurting, that were broken, that were the outcast, that everybody else said that, you know, you're not, you don't fit in here. You don't fit in with us. Well, Jesus was going and eating with those people to show them the love of God, that he didn't come to condemn them. He didn't come to 
cast them away. He didn't come to show them how bad they were. People already know, <laughs> you know, you don't have to tell us when we mess up. We already know, you know, our conscience will tell us when we fail and we mess up. We don't need everybody telling us that we blew it and, and we're how awful we are because we do a good enough job of that on our own. But Jesus was, he was going to the hurting, going to the ones that, that were not of high reputation. And then the Pharisees and the scribes, here they come at him with, uh, you're a teacher, you're a rabbi, and this is the kind of people that you hang around. You're making us look bad. They were looking at him as, you know, you're, you're, uh, causing us to look, uh, uh, you know, um, look out of place or, or to look badly upon because here all these people are coming to you and we are the religious leaders. Now, in verse um, verse 3, this is where Jesus responds. Verse 3 in the New Living says, So Jesus told them this story. This is where he tells them the parable, but he's responding to, the message translation says, their grumbling triggered this story. In verse 4 in, in the New Living, If a man has a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and have, haven't have strayed away. So Jesus responds to them by telling them uh, about a shepherd who would leave his flock of 99 and go after the one. He's He's got 99. You know, what's, what's one sheep? Why would he take his time and his effort to go out into a dark place to try to hunt down a little sheep when he could have stayed with the ones and kept, you know, stayed safely with the other ones. Because let me tell you, most of us won't even go out in the dark in our backyard. But what about going out in the wilderness, going out to look for a sheep that, hey, that sheep went out. I told it to stay here. I had it in the corral. But no, it just keeps getting out, going off. I'm tired of that sheep. You know, he could have, if the shepherd was like that, forget it. Let that sheep go. I've got 99 others. But no, he said a good shepherd, he's talking about a good shepherd, and he was talking about himself. He left the 99 to go after the one. You, you, they're already taken care of. They're safe. They're protected. But there's one out there that is out there by itself that is needs help, and I'm going to leave the safety to go out into the dark, to go through the briar patch, to go through the, the rocky terrain. Out, Maybe there's wild animals out there to go out to save that one. And this is what he was trying to get to them. They're the, they're the ones that are supposed to be uh, showing people who God is and the love of God. But instead, they're turning people away from God. They're keeping the ones that are hurting the broken and the ones that are not living up to the law and keeping them as outcasts. And Jesus is saying, you know, this is the way that you should be responding. Instead of telling me that I shouldn't be going to them, you should realize that they need us the most, but they couldn't see that. All they could see was their reputation, who they were, and Jesus was messing up their their whole system. And then he goes on to say in uh, verse 8, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. 
She has 10 of them, but she only lo- she loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. When one sinner repents, and this is the, and just as the 99, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed. That all of heaven rejoices when someone's, someone turns their heart to God. Jesus came to bring, uh, the man back into a relationship with the heavenly father. He didn't come to, to, to cause that gap to be further, but he came to build it and, and to bridge that gap that we could not do on our own. So as he was out working and showing the love to the ones that needed it the most, he was being criticized. He was being criticized for hanging out with people that weren't very nice or didn't smell very good or didn't have a lot of money or didn't, uh, didn't act proper. They didn't act right. They weren't raised right. Well, how is someone going to come out of a place where they, they have no hope unless someone brings them hope? How is someone going to come out of a place that they don't belong unless someone shows them there is another way? There is a better way. So as Jesus was, was doing his part as, as being led by the Father to go to the broken, the bruised, the hurting, to go to the, he didn't go to the ones that were all proper and primed and, and well educated. Why did they need him? They, they were already, they already had themselves, you know, uh, already, um, well done and he, they, they didn't need him, but who needed him? The ones that were on the outside, the ones that were hopeless. And that's why Jesus came. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they're angry with Jesus. They're upset with him. He's, he's, uh, messing up their, their traditions and he's eating and drinking and they, they called him a wine bibber. They called him a glutton. You know, he's just out living it up with all these people and, and, uh, you know, not fasting if they were fasting and, and, but they, what they didn't see is they didn't see that Jesus's mission was to save the lost. They didn't see who he was. They didn't recognize that he came to, to bring the lost sheep of Israel into back into the fold to bring the lost sheep, the ones that were on the outside and felt like that they couldn't live up to because they, you know, when you, when you're, you have so many regulations and so many laws and guidelines and you break them and you fail, you know, after a while you feel like there's no use in even doing it at all because you just look at your mistakes and your failures. You just look at where you've fallen short and where you haven't lived up to. And after a while, you just feel like, what's the use? Well, someone needs to come in that place and say, hey, there is use for you to get back up. There is a reason for you to get back up off your feet There or onto your feet. There is a reason for you to climb back up. There is a reason for you to keep on living. There is a reason for you to, to uh, grab hold of that hope and continue. Your life is more valuable than that. Your life is worth the shepherd leaving the safety and going out, risking his own life to save you. Your life is more valuable to the shepherd than it is to you. 
Your life is more valuable to God himself than it is to you. And we, a lot of times we don't recognize that. We don't recognize that, you know, we you know, we always hear, oh, God loves you. Yeah, God loves everybody. I know. No, God really loves you. He really, really loves you. Not just you, all of the world, but he loves you individually. He loves me individually. God's love for us is so great and so powerful that Jesus was trying to get the point across that if it was just one person and they didn't realize what was going to happen, they didn't know that he was going to the cross. They didn't believe he was even the Messiah. They didn't, they didn't believe he was the son of God. They didn't know the plan of God. But Jesus, I believe when Jesus spoke this in, in his, in his heart, he was saying, if there was just one person that only one person to be saved, that Jesus would have went to the cross for that one person. He paid the price for us to be free and is showing an example of this is the heart of the Father, that the hopeless, the broken, those that those that are on the outside, those that are missing, those that are, have lost their way, he didn't. He he doesn't talk about scolding the sheep or or punishing the sheep or I'm gonna really let that sheep have it when it gets back in here. You know that's our carnal thinking. That's our the way we think when we're upset in our in our flesh or in our in that old nature. It's not the nature of God. But he he wasn't talking about going out and punishing that sheep and and putting that sheep back in and making sure he puts the law down on that sheep to make sure that sheep don't ever get out again and he's gonna you know, take care of it when he gets it back. All he's thinking about is bringing that sheep back in. And when that sheep returns, the rejoicing that goes on, there's more rejoicing over one than all the ones. See, you know, the the Pharisees and, and, and scribes, they wanted people to applaud them at how well they were doing. Oh, you're so good. You're, you're so great because you keep the law and you're, you, you're so smart and you're so intelligent and you know all of the laws and you keep all the laws, which they didn't. And Jesus would bear that out later on. But they wanted the applaud and they wanted the praise. And Jesus saying, look, the righteous, they don't need, they don't need somebody coming after them. They don't need somebody to help them. They're already, they're already there taken care of, but you want everybody to look at you and applaud, but there are, there is the ones out here that are missing and that need help and that are that are that you're not going after. They didn't have it. They didn't have what he had on the inside of them. So Jesus was Jesus was letting the scribes and Pharisees know, look, there is there is more rejoicing in the kingdom of heaven over one than all that does right than everybody that lives and does and, and is living and doing right. There is so much rejoicing that goes on in the kingdom of heaven over just one person. That's how valuable we are. That when one person comes into the kingdom, when one person acknowledges Christ, comes in, uh, turns their life to him and repents and becomes a believer, what happens to that person's life? Then a person is changed. That person becomes someone that is, that, uh, not only is is no longer living for themselves, no longer living a selfish life, but living to help to to change other people. That person is is now living to make a difference in other people's lives. That's what Christ does for us. When Christ comes into our life, we no longer look at ourselves, but we're looking at, hey, there's you know, I'm part of something bigger. It's not just me. It's not. Uh, I'm. It's not just focusing on how I can. Uh, 
attain life, how I can do better, but how can I help someone else? It's more important for me to be able to reach somebody else than to just think about, you know, how I can just take care of myself. But now I'm a part of a bigger picture. Now I'm a part of something else that is is greater than me. And this is what, you know, uh, Jesus knew that when he left the earth, when he left this earth, he was going to leave it in the hands of people. <laughs> he needed people to carry this on. This is the message of the gospel that uh, to let people know that you're valuable. You are uh, your the shepherd himself would leave all of the other ones to come after you to give you hope, to give you that peace, to give you that um, that life to save your life and to give you a life abundantly. Jesus said he didn't come to to uh, condemn us. He didn't come to bring punishment and guilt and shame. He said, I didn't come to do that. He came to give life and life more abundantly. And that is the heart of the shepherd. So the Pharisees and Sadducees going back to um, the in the beginning, by this time, a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening in intently that's another thing that i believe that angered them is that these people were listening to him they weren't listening to them you know it doesn't uh, it doesn't take take a lot for someone to walk away from somebody that's always just pounding down on them and and pressing down on them and how how horrible they are but if someone gives you hope then that makes you want to hear what they have to say if someone has a way for you to come out of a place then you want to hear that if someone is only telling you what you're doing wrong, if they're only telling you your faults and your mistakes, only telling you your shame, what what brings shame and guilt, it doesn't make you want to to uh, listen intently to them. It makes you to want to cringe and run away from them. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world because if he did, the world was already being condemned. The world was already being condemned by the law. He came to to save the world. He came to bring the world out of a place of guilt and shame. And when these people, you know, listening to Jesus, I believe it infuriated the Pharisees, infuriated them that they were they were getting attention, that someone was, you know, they weren't giving them the attention. They weren't the ones that were giving them the helping hand. They weren't the ones that were reaching them. They were the ones that were telling them, you know, you're, you need to get cleaned up. You don't, have, you can't come in here. You need to, you know, you're filthy. You're dirty. Jesus didn't mind that they were dirty. He didn't mind that they, they, they didn't have everything together, that they weren't all polished up. I mean, look at the disciples that he chose. He didn't chose the polished, but he knew what was on the inside of them. He knew that, that people that he could uh, impart into and that one day would change the world. Looking at those people, I believe Jesus looked at the the potential people. You know, potential to me is potential really, uh, you know, people say that I think potential is like a bottle on a shelf. It doesn't do a whole lot of good if if it's just sitting there in the bottle. But once it once you take that bottle and you begin to pour it out, then something begins to happen. You know, we all have potential. And that's a that's a, you know, a, a cute little saying. Well, you've got so much potential. Yeah, we've all got potential. But when does that potential make a difference? When does it actually do something? It's when we, when, when the, when the potential is poured out, when it's actually begins to get activated, when it's actually being used and, you know, sitting on a shelf. Yeah, it's great to have potential, but if it's sitting on a shelf, what good is it? So when we begin to step out and do something, and I believe this is what Jesus was, 
was doing when he was imparting to these people. You don't have to sit on the sidelines. You don't have to not not be a part of God's kingdom. You don't have to stay in the in the background. You can be a part of this. Who else brought them in? Who else brought them into the fold? Who else gave them hope enough to get up out of a dark place or out of a, a situation? Uh, you know, if you haven't watched The Chosen, I, I, I recommend a plug for The Chosen. Uh, the one of the first episodes where Mary Magdalene is there, and and she, uh, when Jesus calls her by her name, and I don't, you know, they they have a, a an amazing, uh, I believe, an amazing ability to to bring in some things, and and I know a lot of people. Uh, you know, have different views on it. Well, if it wasn't scriptural, there, there, you know, some of these things are, are historical that are not actually in the Bible that, uh, but history tells us they go back to what could have happened. But when I, when I seen this about Mary Magdalene and when Jesus said her name, Mary, it brought her out of a place of hopelessness into a place of intimacy, out of a place of that nobody knows me or nobody accepts me. And when you call somebody by name, the the love and the intimacy that was there that just like her father had had called her by name bringing her back to a place to say that that other name that she went by that's not who you are this is who you are i see who you really are and when god sees the potential in you he knows what's on the inside of us he knows what's there and if we can just if we would just just uh have enough strength and courage to step out and begin to do something, that's when the potential actually begins to be, uh, become something great. That's when the potential actually begins to become a thing. It actually begins to, to make a difference. It doesn't make a difference if you've got potential, if it just stays on the shelf and is never, and is never, never tapped into. But when we step out in that, you know, when you first pour it out there, it ain't much there. When you first start to pour it, it doesn't seem like much. Yeah, it's just a, it makes a little bit of a difference. But the more you pour it, the more it gets activated, the greater it becomes. And when you've got God in it, when you have someone on your side that is walking with you and helping you, then your potential is magnified. So when we, you know, not looking at ourselves, we're not walking this out alone. We're not doing this by ourselves. But what the the hope that Christ brings is I'm the good shepherd. He says he's the good shepherd. He is the shepherd. He's the one that will lead us and guide us and help us. We're not having to do this by ourselves. We're not having to do this alone. And so by walking this out, Jesus uh, giving this, uh, these illustrations to the Pharisees, trying to get them to understand, and I still believe they didn't get it. They did not get what he was saying. They refused to hear. They refused to see what he was saying. But I guarantee you the people that were around him saw the love and the compassion and they and more and, and through this even though the pharisees rejected him when jesus began to tell these stories it endeared people more and more to him and i believe his followers increased even greater to a greater number the pharisees may have rejected him they may have rejected it because of religious reasons they may have said this is not the way to do it this isn't how you, you know this is not our way well jesus said this is the way and later on he says I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let me go ahead and uh, uh, next uh, on the next broadcast, what we're going to do is we're going to go on into uh, the other parable of the prodigal son, one of my favorite parables. And uh, if you if you have time, it would be good for you to 
to take a hold of that and read it yourself and let the Holy Spirit just minister to you. And we're going to go into it a little bit deeper on the next one. But I believe that these parables that Jesus gave were to bring hope and peace and, you know, really show the Pharisees that through a simple parable, through a simple story, this is the kingdom of God. This is the way that the heart of God, even though they didn't get it, but I believe the people around them did. And this is something that we can we can look at and we can see God in it. And this is how we can uh, live by, by watching and looking at what Jesus did. So let me go ahead and, and pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you. We worship you and we thank you, Lord God, for moving in people's hearts. Lord, if there are people that, that uh, may be the ones that had the, the bad reputation, that nobody wanted them, nobody wanted them around, God, I thank you uh, that you want them around. Lord, that you ran and chased after them, just like the, the shepherd that left the 99. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that there are people out there that they need to know, they need to believe, God, that you are coming after them. You've already came after them. You've already paid the way. You've already made the way. And Lord, all they have to do is just surrender to you. All they have to do is say, Lord, here I am. I'm right here. I'm not going to run away from you anymore. I'm not going to keep running into the wilderness. I'm not going to run any farther, but I'm right here. I'm not running backwards or running away from you. But Lord, I'm going to, I'm, I'm right here waiting on you. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that when people cry out to you, that Lord, you hear their prayer. You hear the answer. Lord, some people will say, well, God doesn't hear the sinner. Well, he has to hear the, at least the first prayer when a sinner, how does a, somebody become born again or give their heart to you if you don't hear us? God, you do hear our cry. You hear the cry of a, of a broken heart. You hear the cry of someone that, that is, is in darkness and they don't know where to go. And Father, I thank you for shining the light, opening up their spiritual understanding, giving them spiritual uh, ears, Lord, to hear whenever the word is spoken that they can see, Lord God, that that's you speaking to them. You're reaching out to them, and Lord, for them to be able to open up and receive and say, yes, Lord, I believe and I receive everything you have for me. Lord, we thank you in the name that is above every name, the precious name of Jesus. Amen.